Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone who supports anything that we've got going on. Special shout out to all the students from Buy the Hood University, as well as the youth from the Buy the Hood Ownership Camp. We appreciate you guys. But I'm joined by my partner, Crime, as always. Core, Core, what's up, good brother? You're muted, man. Oh, what's really good? How y'all doing today? Every day above ground is a good day. Let's go get it. Yeah, man. Shout out to our brother Del P. I think you got the Del P hoodie. Is that what you got on right here? Yeah, yeah, shout out to, yeah, shout to our, uh, Grammy Grammy nominated brother Del P, man. Shout out to Del, man. But Worst anyway, man. Method. Yeah, yeah. As, as folks know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work in the community, putting out positive energy, building businesses, because, you know, um, our folks are doing tremendous things. And it's important that we highlight and talk to those, man. This brother right here, you know, is a brother that's in our community. He's doing all kinds of wonderful stuff. And I've been watching his movement as he, um, you know, um, has kind of started this movement in, in the real estate space and one of the most competitive markets. And um, I'm loving loving what he's building, man. I want to bring him on. Without further ado, man, we got our brother Chris Lee on. Chris, what's up, good brother? What's going on, guys, man? Thank, thank you for having me, both of you. Thank you um, for being here, man. Thank you for your time, man. Listen, man, um, what you're doing, man, you're in a competitive market for one, but, but you know, you're yeah. putting people that look like us in position to succeed in real estate and um that's always admirable man so first and foremost before we get into your story just want to say salute and congratulations on all your success thank you i really appreciate it man it's been a long time but uh definitely i feel like it's very close i appreciate people like you you know stuff like this is what gets me to the top a lot faster so yeah man all i want to do is continue to spread you know the knowledge and the wealth you know we've had it we just don't use it correctly that's right. So let's talk about your story, though. So where where were you born and raised? Uh, downtown Brooklyn. I was born in Gowanus Projects. Yeah, humble beginnings. Very, very a single mom. You know, I was uh, raised in the projects. My mom did a few things to get me into better schools and better zip codes, like, you know, lying about where her residence was. And uh, yeah, man, so I had a mom who was definitely very helpful and and my success, she still is around helping me with everything I do. So, yeah, man, that's that's amazing, man. It's funny every time I hear someone say that. It like just thinking about the fact that your zip code can dictate like your education is actually insane to me. But I know it's a reality. But every time I hear it, it's like, you know, it's it's crazy that we have to do that. Like, you know, I mean, education is something that we all should have. But your zip code can literally, the, the, you know, determine what kind of education you get. Yeah, I, I saw the difference between. Uh, my upbringing and those within the same building so some kids that were literally on different floors and even on the same floor as myself didn't have the opportunity to get the education that i got i went to uh ps 261 and most and we were zoned to ps 32s which i think had a little less you know when it came to the level of education i was you know i was tested and put in the a program that was specialized for like accelerated children. So I got an opportunity to deal um, with the gifted program, 
Um, mm-hmm. You guys probably heard of that. So yeah, I was I was in the gifted program. So I think I had you know a little bit of an edge because I had the best of both worlds. I knew how to get uh, to get around in the hood, and then you know I was like one of the only people of color in my class. So just in kindergarten, I was the only child of color, and then in first grade, I had another friend of mine who was half black and half Puerto Rican. So you know I wasn't all the way alone. <laughs> yeah, yo, you know it's interesting too. Um, so I was going to ask you what kind of student were you coming up, but I think you just said you were, you know, in the gifted program. So you, at work, so you were you always, yeah, a good were you yeah, always, a good I was student? always good. I always, you know, had to make, you know, I was always a hustler, so I always did things that was, uh, you know, always think did things to make money, have the new Jordans, stuff like that. I always was very fashionable in regards to like having the first one to have the Jordans and. First one to have the Carl Kanai suits and stuff like that. So, you know, my mom, you know, she definitely didn't always have it. So I had to go figure out a way to get it myself. You know, mm-hmm. always the best of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but uh, yeah, so I definitely, only thing I had to do is keep good grades. That was one of her only rules that I just had to keep really good grades. And, you know, she would, like 50 said, you know, uh, uh, his grandma got it, got him the coat, and he got the hat to match on his own. That that was kind of like me. I would want a little bit more, so I would just have to do what I had to do to get it. Got you. So you've always been a hustler. Always. I feel like you know it was it was any. I, I never had a fear of losing or fear of failing. It, I just never had that. So I just had no problem trying new things, new ways to, you know, I wouldn't say cheat the system, but just ways outside of the box like we were taught you know just go get a job i felt like all right i'll get a job but then i do this on the side and i'm able to get you know the extra things that i work that i wanted and the money that i worked for would go for the normal things but i just had to have the extra stuff where do you think that comes from like is that is that is that a brooklyn thing or you know is it yeah, definitely a new york thing definitely you know it was a lot of competition and you know in my projects in my hood you know Whoever had the first Jordan, like the the first one, where you would literally back in the days, uh, kids don't remember that, but where we saw the Jordans first, we would literally watch Jordan play on television, and we would like kind of zoom in. No, with our I, remember, eyes. I remember that. <laughs> That's how you saw them. We were like, "Yo, what are those?" And then like, so we definitely. Uh, so I had to be the first one downtown Brooklyn. Got my little sneaker plugs. Shout out to Manny. You know, he definitely always kept me. I used to, back then I used to pay uh, like, it was like three to $500 just to have my Jordans earlier. <laughs> yeah, was, that was a lot of money back then. You yeah. Know? When they were 120, I would pay, you know, and I, just to have all the kids like, oh yeah, I was like that. Yeah, that feeling was worth it for you, huh? <laughs> I, would, I would make sure I walk like the whole, I didn't even have to take the train. I would take the train on purpose. <laughs> People could see my sneakers. Yeah, that was me. Definitely. Right, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, so what was like? Was that all throughout high school? So, where'd you finish high school? Uh, Fort Hamilton High School. So, again, my mom uh was zoned to a really good high school. I didn't do well enough on the uh, standardized test, so I didn't get into Brooklyn Tech like I wanted to get into. But my mom, you know, she had a really good job that zoned her to live next to the army base in Brooklyn. So I went to Fort Hamilton high school. And again, we had like 20, 20 children of 
color in that school. Yeah. So yeah, so I definitely had to keep my grades up. You know, I, my last name is Lee, so you know most people at first glance thought I was Asian. So I got away with that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> until you come walking in the classroom. Like, <laughs> So, no, but shout out to moms though, because like throughout your story thus far, we see that mom, moms like made Mom put you on. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she made sure that she, you know, that you got the proper education and put you in the right place. So shout out to moms. Yeah, shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. She's still there, just waiting to like buy our house, like I promised her when I was a kid. You know, she still she. My mom does her own thing. She bought her huge house in Florida. She's chilling, but. I guess the only thing I could do now is like pay it off or get her like a vacation home or something. So I'm still like hustling to do that. That's what's up, man. That's dope. That's that's dope. So after high school, what was your journey like? What did you do after high school? After high school, I went to Kingsborough Community College. I, I was very into oceanography. I loved I, I wanted to be a veterinarian at first. I loved sharks. I was huge on Sharks, I just would stare at them for hours, deathly afraid of them, but I was intrigued <laughs> intrigued by sharks. I loved, uh, my favorite movie was Jaws. So I went to Kingsborough Community College because I went there, I think, for some College Now program and saw that they had an actual shark on the campus. So I would literally spend like hours sitting there watching the shark in the shark tank. And, you know, after that, I uh, went on to... Uh, King, no, not King, sorry. I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice. I wanted to be an attorney. Um, wanted to fight the power, I guess. I wanted to be a criminal justice attorney. I wanted to be like the defense attorney. A lot of my friends, you know, in the hood, we would get harassed. Uh, one of my best friends, Nicholas Haywood, was killed um, while we were playing cops and robbers. One of the first, you know, he had a toy gun that looked real and he, cop killed him and, you know, he just cop got off so I wanted to be that guy that didn't let that happen anymore and so I started I went to Kingborough I'm sorry I went to John Jay um got my associates then I went to Florida and um got my bachelor's in criminal justice from the University of Central Florida uh, met up with Michael Jordan's son uh, Marcus so he was out there as well um yeah, I didn't really get a chance to like, you know, hang out with him or anything like that. But, you know, my last year there, he, he just joined um, school. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Now he opened up one of the dopest sneaker stores in Florida. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my journey. Then after, you know, I realized, you know, I came back to New York and thinking that the attorneys literally were the guys who were driving the Porsches with the, the nice, you know, three-piece suits. I started working for a law firm on Wall Street as a paralegal. And, um, yeah, just I, I thought that they made a lot of money. Oh, most attorneys do not make a lot of money. And they work, they work a, a lot of hours. And so, again, I needed to have a little bit more than my little 40K paralegal job made. So I started selling sneakers on the side and I was really good at it because uh, I still have my sneaker plugs. I would get the sneakers early and I did really well. So I started making more money doing that than working at the law firm. So I ended up, you know, and I, I got in trouble for moonlighting because they always saw me like online 
doing things like on my phone. So, you know, I just ended up quitting one day and just continued to sell sneakers. Then I opened up my own sneaker store called Pounds. It was a Pounds Boutique. And um, it was, <laughs> pretty, I hope I could say these things because uh, I, I don't know if you get Pounds was like what I was. Uh, yeah. Lana at the time. Listen, listen, listen. We transparent here, brother. Let's keep. You, you, can, you can say whatever makes you comfortable. Dude. Absolutely. Whatever makes you comfortable, though. Don't you know what I mean? Don't put yourself in no compromising position. It's legal now, you know. So, like, I legally have a, a marijuana company as well. We'll talk about that a little later. But mm -hmm. I was selling, uh, you know, marijuana and sneakers and doing what I could to, like, just again stay up with the Joneses. I had to have like a BMW or a Mercedes. So. Was ever you know from the hood? That's what you saw. You saw the, the mm -hmm. idols from the hood, where the guys would drive up every once in a while in the in the foreign cars. Like we didn't see that as much. So uh, that was who we idolized. So I just I guess that was the competition that we had, and I always you know felt like I was just in my DNA. So you know I was really good at it as well. So um, opened up a store called Pounds and was uh, did that for a while. Then, you know, um, I opened up my own sneaker convention. I had a huge, one of the uh, top three sneaker conventions in the world that was called SoulCon. So you had SneakerCon, Dunk Exchange, and then SoulCon. So mm -hmm. I had SoulCon. I don't know if you guys heard of it, but, you know, I did pretty well. Um, did that for a while. You know, I wasn't the best with, like, you know, with money in regards to, like, uh, just the way I would reinvest it, I would everything came from my from my pocket. I didn't manage it very well, so you know it was I I would put out ten grand for a show and make back maybe twelve, which I definitely should have been using sponsors and yeah. lots of other you know. So that happened. Um, I got a couple things on based upon what you said. Like first first and foremost, first thing I got to do is. I got to put on the record that the first Jaws was amazing, but some of them Jaws after that was trash. I just want to say that, you know, speaking about Jaws. Um, the second thing, uh, John Jay College. I always Every time someone says John Jay, I always think of, uh, like, that Down With The King song, Run DMC. We said I went to John Jay University. It's reminded me of that. But the next thing is getting back to your story. Um, I, I just had to put those things on the record. But uh, when you look back now at the success, like the successes you've had in the early business, but you, you, you know, you talk about how you really didn't understand how to reinvest or what to do with the money when you made it. Like um, when you look back now with the knowledge that you have now, I know you probably said, man, I could have really took this to somewhere else if I had this knowledge. Right. Absolutely. I definitely, uh, you know, missed a lot of opportunities by just, you know, just not, I guess, analyzing and looking at the analytics of things that I was doing and, just focusing on what worked and what didn't work, you know, it was all about, you know, being more, more like being popular and just, you know, it was just very, very tough for me to like stay out of, you know, trying to be the most, like I said, most popular guy. And it was, we, get it. we, we all come from the same environments, right? So yeah. that's like, that's, that's cool kid. That, that's that's it's about being cool more than actually being looking rich instead of actually being rich. Yeah, man, man, that's right. So that's, that's a word right there. Yeah, that's what, yeah, we ain't never lie, but that's environment though, right? That was all environment. It's what you look like. It's perception was reality. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and like it, that lasted a way too long. You know, it definitely lasted way too long. I never realized why most of my friends, like that I grew up with in well in school 
didn't really care about Jordan. Their parents didn't care about that stuff. They had the Brownstones and Park Slope and, you know, Clinton Hills. And those were really prestigious areas, which still are now. Those those neighborhoods are like three, $4 million houses over there. And back then they were unobtainable for our people. Yeah. So, and yeah. I mean, that, that, that's true. I mean, because I think that most of us are sold a lie in terms of what wealth looks like anyway, because um, I wasn't an adult until I really understood it either. And part of it was getting into real estate, becoming a real estate agent. And then I would meet folks that were buying properties every week, every month, and they didn't care about any of that stuff, nor did they even look like they had any money. A lot of them looked damn near homeless. <laughs> and it was yeah. sitting in millions. They say the guy in the suit works for the guy in the sweatsuit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is absolutely true. So, so, let's talk about though. so, so, like I said, um, you know, I, and I told you this offline, I was like, man, I'm watching what you're doing with, you know, your moving keys movement. And that's very inspiring because you got folks that look like us who are, you're putting in a position in the real estate game. How did you go from where you were with the sneaker convention to when did the real estate come into play for you as a business? When it, when I, I feel like I bred a lot of competition, my own competition, I would, you know, put a lot of people on and they would take a lot of my ideas. I felt like I was very innovative. So I would, my ideas, I would never like copyright them or do things, trademark them. And I would just speak about the things that I was doing before I actually had it like legally, like mine. Um, you know, my intellectual property was just never a thing that I felt like needed to be protected. And so sneakers, you know, when I, you know, would make, huge shows or make innovative products. Like I had a bag called Soul Totes, which was a bag of sneak. I would, a lot of people would come to my sneaker events and they would be carrying sneakers, like stacked up seven boxes of sneakers stacked up and walking around with them. And I thought that was like, that, that was really not smart. So I created the first sneaker duffel bag that was actually shaped like a box of sneakers it was rectangle so it would fit about seven to twelve boxes of sneakers in it and um you know it was waterproof and you can like wrap up your sneak like it was yo you should be sitting on 70 million dollars like what the bro, hell is going on like so you look up so soul toast is pretty dope man and like my colleague ended up you know taking that idea and like making something similar and it was like a lot of heartbreak you know, mm. when, you know, in streets, like it's, it's a lot about honor, but when you get into, you know, the, when you in business, there's no honor. If you don't protect it, somebody else is going to take so it. That was the, that was the biggest wake up call when you have, you know, you come from, you know, the streets in the hood, they feel like, you know, the streets in the hood really is a lot about your word and your honor. You didn't really copy many people or you didn't, you know, you got your own way. It was just, just, that was just the norm, but in this corporate world, like you, when you don't, when you talk about your intellectual property or you show anything too early, you know, you are definitely gonna get your stuff stolen, and that that was my problem. So, you know, like I was saying, so when I stopped wanting to do things that were so easily copied, I felt like I really had. A really good salesmanship. I I don't think anybody could match me when it came to like selling and being innovative. So I felt I had to get into something that didn't like wasn't like played out or didn't like go out of style. So I thought real estate. Like I felt 
if I can figure out how to be innovative in this real estate market. Because I knew sneakers would, you know, right now they're still doing really well, but it's really tough to do what I was doing back then. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had more, if you had most money, you can jump into the sneaker game and be that it kid. It wasn't, it's still not, you can't just be that it dude without a lot of money. Yeah. So with real estate, I felt like if I, you know, was innovative enough, that would never go out of stock. So that's how I got into real estate. Started about 10 years ago. And um, yeah, I started real estate without a car. I didn't really realize how important it was to make it to the appointments before your clients did. So that was very humbling. I would literally, I had no car. I would have to show up to the appointments by train or cab. There was no Uber. So it was really tough. It was really, but um, it made me who I am. So I really got really good at it. I was, again, big on honor and honesty. So I think that translated to, you know, get me to where I am. People really trusted me because I I am who I say I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's interesting because you're in a very, very, like, you know, uh, competitive market too. Um, I'll tell you this, right? So, I mean, a lot of people know that I do work in real estate valuation and I'm looking at data pretty much every day. And um, about three, four years ago, I was looking at a map and I was looking at the, uh, the changes in price over time in, in terms of the valuation of properties. And out of the top 10 cities, right, I think four were like in Brooklyn, neighborhoods, like four neighborhoods in Brooklyn were out of the top 10. I'm talking about one, two, three, four. And I'm sitting looking at the, the change in price and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how anybody affords to live in Brooklyn anymore, right? You know what I mean? Like, Again, I'm from Philadelphia, so my, you know, what I know about Brooklyn is I, I listen to rap music. But when I'm looking at the prices and the change in prices, it's it's completely over the last like you know decade and a half or so. It's it's out of control. Um, out of control. So I can imagine your perspective in in like you know being from there and seeing that. So what has that change been like for you to see where these prices are? It's kind of it's definitely scary, but at the same time, again, I love a challenge. I've always loved with competitiveness and I felt like I could manage. So seeing some of our neighborhoods, the ones that, you know, most people wouldn't even walk in these neighborhoods like Bed-Stuy and, and Brownsville and, and Bushwick and even Williamsburg, these neighborhoods were neighborhoods that most of the people who live there now would never even walk through. It was like infested with drugs and prostitution and drugs and gangs and now these are the most the, the most expensive neighborhoods like the ones that you're looking at where my office is now is Dumbo and I I made it my thing to put my office there because again I remember when my mom would never let me even go to that neighborhood because it was so crazy but it was overlooking the water and you could see the skyline from you know from that neighborhood it was build waterfront property. So I made sure when I put my, when I had an office, I always wanted to overlook, like I have a vision board, I'm big on manifestation. So it's funny that now I see my office and it's literally the identical view of the city that I have on my vision board. Definitely um, something I always wanted to do. So yeah, so that, that was big for me. So seeing the change in the neighborhoods is like, it's crazy because, you know, we built these neighborhoods up and now we can't even afford to live in them anymore. And yeah. it's, still ha- it's still happening. Like Brownsville, Brooklyn, where I'm sure you hear MOP and yeah. you know, all exactly these neighborhoods, you have 
million dollar houses now and we're, being, and we're being bought out of it and it's it's, it's terrible so my and that job, rate of change by the way was even higher than manhattan and i'm looking at these numbers and i'm like the rate of change and, and usually manhattan is always manhattan is manhattan um but now brooklyn is its own animal like it's it the rate of change is insane brooklyn is where it's at because it's a 30 minute ride to manhattan not even 20 minutes depending on where you are bed was like it's all about the transportation to the city so you can get to the city pretty quickly you know you want to live outside of where you work you want to live you know not right where all the congestion is so brooklyn happens to be that place so it's happening there now you can see it happening to the bronx because obviously brooklyn is out of everyone's league yeah i just wouldn't let it beat me i'm like you know i lived here i gotta figure out how i can manage to stay here and to the grace of God, I was able to, you know, buy my own house here and, you know, get my office here, you know, but yeah, I, I also, you know, um, I moved my brokerage from here and I also have a brokerage in Orlando, Florida as well. Um, and I okay. just, and I also hired an agent that has one in, I'm sorry, he's a broker, has uh, an office in Atlanta. So moving keys is in Atlanta, Orlando and New York City. Yeah, that's fire. Let's talk about that. So, um, man, that's 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 some powerful stuff. So you're building like you know, um, not not even just your backyard, but you're expanding at this point. Right. Empire. So yes. yeah, yeah. I, um, I really um, I went down. You know, I feel like it. I almost like did you know a, a long time in uh, behind bars for some horrible mistakes that I made as a kid. And my mom, you know, sent me to <laughs> like like what Uncle Phil sent me. <laughs> so I went through, and the funny thing, I was in college for criminal justice when you know I got jammed up. But you know, I definitely, you know, through the grace of God, you know, I have no record at all. I was able to, you know, you know, beat every charge, and then I just, you know, got my change and went to Florida and to Orlando in particular, and became an adult. I feel so. I graduated um, from UCF. And I felt like I loved that town. I really do. I became an adult there. I have a lot of friends and family there. So, you know, I always loved Disneyland. I went as a kid. So I figured, you know, that was a great place to have a an investment property. So a lot of people who have a home in New York City and they can't afford to, to buy an investment property here, I felt it was a really good idea, you know, through Airbnb or some other, you know, means to have your investment property in Florida or like someplace like Georgia. So I felt me having, I, you know, you in any market, you need to have a niche. So mm -hmm. I decided to, my niche would be that, you know, I would specialize in relocation and vacation rentals or investment properties outside of New York City. So, and, you know, I also have a management company, Lee Real Estate Group, Live Large. So the acronym is LRG. So you would basically, you know, if you had an extra couple of dollars, you had a second down payment, your 20% down on a $200,000 condominium is nothing like a $800,000 or million dollar property, you know, in New York City. So excuse me, you hear my, I, I don't know if you can hear my dog snoring. I have two uh, bulldogs. I don't know. No, it's all good. We, we good. We, 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 yeah, we good, man. This is, like I said, man. My dog's name is Jaws. Like I told you, I was a bachelor. <laughs> one of them is Jaws, and one name is Khaleesi. Um, obviously, oh, listen, say less. 
I got you. you. Know. Game is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Winter yes, is sir. coming. Winter is here. Yes, sir. So Orlando Brooklyn Atlanta. That's dope, man. So um so let's get back, let's get back to the moving keys. Like, so but you started this whole moving keys movement. Um when you first started, um, did you always have the plans of getting your own brokerage and then like you know, um building what you're building now, or were you just trying to get in the game and be an agent? I started and got in the game, and I just never was someone who would like to work for anyone else very long. I love mm-hmm. to like get, you know, be an apprentice for a little bit, and then build my own way. You know, that that was that was always my goal. Without even thinking of it, I got into the game and to real estate because I again I wanted to get into something that I never thought would go out of style, and I didn't have to worry about you know shifting careers. And I felt like if you were gonna have to if you were gonna beat me or do what I was doing in real estate, you would have to like, it would work. It would have to be really tough. It would be tough for you to do, to beat me or match my skill set, you know, in that world. So that's why I got into it. And because of you, honestly, I, that's why I also um, moving keys, you know, um, we also deal in real estate in the metaverse. So nice. So nice. I, I, I was no, on, that's, that's major. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure we had. I bought a piece of land in Decentraland, and I'm currently building, you know, my real estate firm in the metaverse as well. So we can also sell plots of land in in Decentraland. Person, I, I, you know, you told me about OBR. I love it. I love the fact that you bought your old high school. I thought that was the, <laughs> that was the coolest flex ever. And I, you know, I was like, oh, I thought it was the coolest flex. So I was like, all right, perfect. So. You know, I just uh, I wanted to educate because I think this is, you know, with times that we're in with crypto and, and the metaverse, I think this is the last opportunity that we really have to catch up. And yeah, if we miss out on this one, it's it's kind of over. So I wanted yeah. to I wanted to make sure that I, I was educated in these fields and, you know, do my do my due diligence and do my thing to get my people involved in this in this field. That's pretty that's much that's it. amazing. Let me ask you this question, though. When you, you talked about, like, you know, getting in trouble when you were in college uh, and going to Florida and get, turning everything around. What was it that helped you turn things around? Was it a person? Was it that situation? Or was what was it that made you, like, get yourself together? It was my mom. I felt like I was literally, uh, you know, letting her down. She went through everything she went through to get me to, like, not have the same outcome as the children in my school, like, what I'm in my uh, neighborhood. So I'm still doing these things that she tried to hide me from. And I just felt like I owed it to her to actually give it a shot at, you know, business. And I, a lot of people really believe that, you know, the easy way out is doing, you know, or the easy way out is doing the bad stuff. But, you know, it definitely didn't work out that way. It was, it's, it's so much better when it's so much more money. And other things they, that no one understands that the real no. money is in doing the things that are really that 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 rich people do. Like Jim always says, if you look, if you ever look at the Forbes list, it's th- they do three things: they own businesses, they own real estate, or they uh, he said, was it businesses, real estate, or stock? Yeah, yeah, do the same thing. Do the same thing. It's investing, you know, businesses and real estate. That's all. Like every year, trade. So. I just, I was like, you know, I, that's the, it is the easy way out. And the funny thing about it is like that, the money is, I, I'm huge on karma. Everything that you get one, one way you get fat, you get it fast, it goes out fast. And that was something that I couldn't like, 
managed. I would get 20K this week and next week I'm back broke. It was crazy. I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing that. So I said, let me just try it my mom's way for once. Mm-hmm. And I actually did. And it planned out, you know, it, it panned out a lot better. I started, you know, like seeing things on a larger scale, started meeting people that were like-minded, you know, and obviously been through the things I've been through and were making better decisions. And, you know, I got into, again, real estate because I felt like it was something that I could pass down. It was generational wealth. And I never wanted my my kids to even have to make that decision to like even work. I mean, not even talking about like dealing drugs, but even working for anyone else. I want my daughters to absolutely like have an opportunity to work for me or for themselves. I saw like the kids that I grew up with in when I went to school and the school that I went to and the white schools that I went to, they they never even thought about getting a job. It was never they knew that they would work with their parents as soon as they got out of school. And I was like, why do we not why do we not have those same opportunities? Mm-hmm. So I taught my daughter all about the metaverse, got her coding classes. I homeschool my kids. My kids don't go to school anymore, so that they don't have to unlearn anything. Nice. So, you know, so, you know, my daughter's already making thousands of dollars a week, you know, selling NFTs and, you know, she's a streamer. She has you know, tons of, you know, people watch her channel and she gets tipped. It's crazy. She makes like, That's amazing. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. You said, I'm going this kids out of school too. Said, nah, they coming. We going to be yeah, home. man. My kids home. Yo, I didn't even know that. Cole. I knew like, yo, it's, it's, it's that cloth that will come from, bro. Like you, we can't. Like I cannot I, I, let my daughter like go work anywhere. I, I mean, my my, my son is fifteen. He just he's in his sophomore year of college. <laughs> what do you see? Look, man, and it's not even it's not um, unbelievable. Like yeah, Zoe will be graduating school really soon. Um, she's you know she can graduate early. You know because you got her. You you did the homeschooling track, so she can graduate when she's ready to graduate, and she don't have to wait till she's eighteen to graduate. And these are things that you like are very readily available, but no one even tries. Like we ha- we're given this outline or this cookie cutter life that we're supposed to live, and we don't even know what's available. People ask me all the time, so like, because I'm a snowbird. I live in Florida for the winter, and in New York for the summer. Like for actually for about nine months, and then I'm in Florida for about three and a half, you know, months, and um. But this year, I actually, I lost my grandmother, so I had to. I came back up. Condolences. Yes, condolences. I appreciate it. So I came back up, you know, for the funeral, and then you know, in New York, you get trapped. They said this is, you know, New York is like a jail without bars, and it's true. <laughs> you get trapped in New York, and I saw him here, but um, thank God I'm here, and I'm building my empire here, like you guys said, and I, I love. Don't get it twisted. I love New York, but you know, it's for. It's for the competition and the amount of money that you can make. But man, I'm the, I never leave the house, so I could be literally living in the Bahamas right now, like if I wanted to. Like, yeah, that's I- the interesting thing. Like that's the one thing that, like you know, um, with the pandemic, the pandemic like slowed me down, but they made me realize like how much time I waste. Because a lot of times I would go to meet people, meet meetings, and I can take. I have several meetings a day now. I just jump on them Teams or a Zoom call, and like I'm handling more business. It's crazy, but um. Anyway, I want to get, I'm going to focus on your story because like it's 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 rather impressive. Um, I know it's going to inspire some folks that you know um might be where you started, might be where you're at. But let me ask you this: throughout this journey, 
what has been the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome to get you from where you started, right? You said you started in the projects and now you're someone who has a real estate brokerage in three different cities. You talked about owning a piece of the marijuana business, like you're doing your thing. What is that biggest hurdle you had to overcome? Discipline. Discipline. Mm, Talk about it. Talk about it. Just to stay disciplined, like do things um, like where it becomes just like automatic is really tough. You know, um, you're, you're drawn to do things that, you know, are easy, but for you to do the, the tough things that other people don't want to do every day repetitively, you know, wake up early, you know, eat correctly, you know, read. Um, in my house, I, I don't really have any televisions. You know, I have a library. I have a TV in the basement for when we have, a, you know, family time. We want to watch like billions or something like that. But other than that, like, you know, I have to get rid of television. Just discipline in itself is just, I, I would, I say encompasses my biggest hurdle. Um, you know, obviously there's other things from trying to be popular probably was it. But again, that all falls into discipline. Mm-hmm. I feel discipline was like my biggest hurdle. So you know, and realizing that like writing things down and manifestation and things that you say, I don't even say things that I don't want anymore. Like I didn't realize how powerful your tongue is and how powerful words are and, you know, just how alignment and like following your gut, all of these things, again, discipline. So once I started listening to myself more, started doing things that I felt like the next person wouldn't do, I felt like that was um, the biggest hurdle that i've jumped and now it's- yeah and i know this question is probably like self-explanatory but you talked about um using vision boards and, and, and you know your your admiration for vision boards like so when did you start doing that and how that helped you wow uh i can't even express how important having a vision board is um man i can i had a I bought a vision i made a vision board for myself I don't even remember who told me about having a vision board, but it had to be about three years. I had this house for three years going on four in May. So about two years before I bought this house in May, I was I was a real estate agent and I just decided that, you know, I would try it out. You know, let me get a vision board. I knew to get the DuPont registry and, you know, just um the Rob Report, dope mm-hmm. magazines, and cut these things out, the things that I love to look at, and I would cut them out and just put them on this vision board and put them on a board, and somehow, magically, they would appear. I thought it was a joke. Bro, I go back, like, probably two years after I got my vision board, and I looked at my house. My house is identical to the house that I put on my vision board. Wow. And Yo, I got, I put down, a, I put a G-Wagon on my vision board. I have that. I put a boat. Um, I put two boats. I have actually two yachts. And um, I have a few businesses. Like I have a, a chartering, a, a boat chartering company called uh, Brooklyn Yacht Club. And I have two boats. And I promise you, do I know how I was able to afford them? No. But when I look back at my vision board, like I look back at my vision board and it was like, Yo, bro, I don't believe I have these things. I bought, you know, watches. I put on my vision board, and again, I did not do anything besides put them on my vision board and just believe that, you know, they they would happen. And you know, now I'm on my second one, and um, I had a like every year on New Year's instead of like 
going out to the party. I have a vision board party for New Year's. I have my friends over and I'll draw a bunch of magazines. And oh, that's dope. Yeah, so I'll have a vision board party for New Year's. Stuff like that. So manifestation, man. So, um, yeah, I, I, did I answer your question? No, absolutely. That that's 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 actually pretty yeah, amazing. No, that's that's dope as hell. That's pretty amazing, man. So Corey, you had a couple questions? I do. Um one um the first question is um when you were while while you were making your transition from the sneaker game into the real estate game, um besides your mom, who would you know who who uh focused you, helped you to focus on getting from from point A to point B? Was there anybody else in your life? that was, you know, able to put you in that, you know, not put you in that position, but help you get to that position? Wow, yo, I'm so happy you asked me that question because literally as you're asking me, I'm trying to like, what is he gonna ask? And I'm like, who can I think of that was super influential? And no no one, he told me no one would believe me, but I'm sure people probably believe me now, but as I'm selling, I had um this, I had a sneaker show that was coming up and I was advertising for it. And I had this really cool idea. It wasn't mine, but it was a friend of mine. I thought it was an amazing idea. He had these soul savers. They were sneaker, um, the soul protector. You put it on the bottom of your shoe. Yep. To keep your the bottom of your shoe new. I thought it was such a dope idea. So I was, you know, advocating for it. Um, he was a sponsor of my show, so I posted it on my page. And then this one guy. Um, I call him bro. You know, I, I, he's very low key. He doesn't want like a lot of people to know who he is. So I call him bro. He was from London, and he was like, "Yo," and he called me bro as well. He's like, "Bro, would you mind, you know, like letting me have a pair of those? I like, I like those, uh, those soul. They, they were soul savers. Uh, you would let me have a pair of those souls. Can I have a pair of those soul savers?" And I'm like, "Sure." Um, he's like, "Yo, um, can you meet up with me?" And I. I was going to the city to go buy some clothing for my for my sneaker store. Um, I had a um, I had a meeting at Twenty Four Carat Showroom. So on the way there, me and my wife um, we stopped by his place, which he he lived on Wall Street, and I didn't even think of where he lived at the time. Well, I guess he had an apartment there. He lived in in London, but he had a place on Wall Street. I didn't know who he was. I just saw him on Instagram. He didn't post a lot of pictures, but he would DM me every once in a while and told me like, good job on things that I would do. He thought, you know, he was just a follower of mine. I had a lot of followers at the time. Um, so I stopped at Wall Street and I'm like, hold up, he lives here? I'm looking up. <laughs> I'm like, hey. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So I go out like, I'm like, there's nothing but the stock exchange down there. You know, my office that I worked at wasn't too far away. Um, you know, that's I, I had the sneaker store after I stopped working at the at the law firm down on Wall Street. So I walk to his building, I walk inside, and I see Ryan Leslie. I'm like, holy shit! Like, yo, the, this dude who I'm meeting like is rich. So I want to go up on the elevator, get out on I think it was like forty something floor. I forget what floor it is, and um. I'm walking to his door and like the whole building is glass. So I'm looking outside. I'm like, yo, this dude I'm meeting. I'm like, yo, she, my wife is like, yo, who is this dude that you're meeting? I'm like, yo, I don't know. Like, I don't know who he is. So I go and I walk through the door and it's this big dude. He looks like a um, looks like a bodyguard, like just a big dark yeah. dude, mad cool. So he welcomes me in. 
And I'll never forget, I'm, he's like, yo, have a seat. So I'm walking to his living room. And through the corner of my peripherals, I see somebody in my in the corner of my eye. And I'm like, nah, that couldn't be. Like, I'm, I'm just going to mind my business. So two seconds later, 50 Cent comes out of the room. Like, 50 comes out of the room. 50's like, yo, what up? And he's I'm like, wait, what do you mean, what up? What up with you, nigga? You're 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What up? Like, are you serious? Like, so he, he like give me a pound and like fifty is like, yo, I I swear this dude is super like. He first of all, he's not as tall as you think he is on television. Mm-hmm. So, but he's super intimidated because he talks to you like this close. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yo, what up? I'm like, yo, what up? I'm like, it was good. So I made sure I wasn't gonna get like intimidated. I was like, it was good. He's like, yo, um. And I started talking. I started telling him. He's like, "Yo, do me a favor. Stop introducing yourself. Like, stop introducing yourself. You wouldn't be here if I didn't know who you was." And I'm like, Ooh. "Wow." So Damn. that was step one. Then he said to me, um, "And I, I was literally no joke. I was speaking to him for about three hours. He didn't. I missed my whole meeting at 24 Carat Showroom. Yeah, I had a whole appointment. And he was. And he said, um." I said, yo, I got a meeting at this 24 carat show. He's like, what do you need? I said, I need sneakers. I said, I need a Nike account. He was like, nah, you don't need a Nike account. I said, no, you don't need a Nike account. He called this dude, and as soon as he called this dude on, I think it was Skype or FaceTime or whatever we had at the time, and he had a bunch of shoes behind him. He was like, yo, you good forever. And I was like, yo, thank you. And um. So he was like, yo, it's same thing. Like, what was your biggest hurdle? Like, he asked me, like, something like around, uh, along those lines. And he said to me, um, uh, what was, he said, I got to remember exactly what he said. Oh, I said, well, I said, yo, I have a problem. Kids come up to me because I had these huge sneaker shows and I was like really one of the best sneaker collectors. And he's like, kids come up to me and they want my autograph. Like, like I feel weird about signing them. Mm-hmm. Like I just I just didn't feel like I should. I didn't feel like like worthy enough to sign these autographs. And I just like he's like, so don't sign them. He's like, you want to be the dude that signs the autographs or you don't? He said, you are who you think you are. And that hit home so much. He was like, yo, you want to be a regular dude? Be a regular dude. Go ahead, go back to being a regular dude. But kids want that's to. Be I can write that down because like, yo, that's. That's Yo, a or whatever you think. No, no, because it's, it's 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 very short, but it says a whole lot. Yo, he said, bro. He, when I said I knew, no matter what, Fifty was doing movies. Fifty was doing whatever he was doing. He, I can tell just by having this conversation with him that he was gonna be something. But like, it don't matter. Fifty was gonna be a multi-millionaire. Like, bro, that dude is O.D. smart. And like, I mean, OD smart, like all of mu- his music and stuff, like may not like portray how smart he is. Like, he- listen, I, here's what I'll say. I, I, and I'll tell you this, right. Um, it's just two folks like that who are very brilliant. Um, brilliant. 50, That's the perfect 50, word. 50, and it's going to sound crazy, right? I think 50s bibliography is better than his discography. 50s books are amazing. Listen, all of his like everything, his most recent one, like all, all his books are made and they're business books. And I'm like, um, his business books are better than his albums, believe it or not. Like I really all, you know, about, so, mindset. No. all about mindset. And I didn't really I didn't even take it in 
um, I didn't take it in, like, really, re like, at the time. But he kept saying to me, you are who you think you are. And I really go back to that conversation all the time. And how you how I manifest these things is I feel how I'm supposed, how I think I'm going to feel when I have the thing. And mm -hmm. I, I, I never not signed an autograph again. It was like, go ahead, don't sign them. Like, he was really like, yo, stop bitching. Like, you don't want to sign them, don't sign them. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, don't be like, you know what I'm saying? You want to be regular? Like, like the universe is giving you an opportunity to be a celebrity, but you're bitching about signing an autograph? Like, mm -hmm. are you serious? Like, go back to being a regular nigga. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna sign these autographs. I I, I feel like I so get it my, now. I, I get it now. I'm, I'm I feel like I am worthy. I am worthy enough to do this because obviously these kids see me as worthy enough to sign these autographs. So like they want my autograph. I you know I didn't ask them to sign it, so they must see something in me that I don't. And that was it. That was that. I think that's what changed my life like a lot. So since then I stopped like. I started putting down things that I really want, really, really, really want, and and yeah, that, that, just that, go it, get it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Shout so to that, that, that was the that was the first question. Now my second question: Now that you have achieved the level of of accomplishment in the real estate game, how do you um, maintain the friendships that you had before you got into the? You know this level of success, or do you even maintain? Yo, that's a rope and dope question, bro. Because that's really it's, it's an amazing question. It's it's kind of it's one of those things that I, I I struggle with now. It's really tough because the people that you know, the people that you once you know were friends with or hung out with a lot, you know, you kind of have to be on the same frequency to kind of really you know to 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 hang out with them. You know who are who you are is who you hang around with and who you yeah, the energy the and your energy like i'm huge on energy like energy is everything to me like so you know i won't deal with certain people just because even if they have an amazing amount of money or amazing jim yeah. tell you i'm an energy i'm an energy being bro yeah. i don't mess with your energy speaks volumes and i started paying attention to that so much more so with that being said you know um most of the people who I grew up with, you know, I, I do still see them. Um, I go down to my neighborhood every once in a while, but you know, they're on a different wavelength, and I try my best to teach them like, like the pieces that I thought about. I, I'll hand them books, and I'll hand them, you know, send them, you know, um, seminars and stuff that I've been through and that got me. Because you can't just tell them, yo, you are who you think you are. You have to give them like all the things that I've been through. You know, so I like a lot of ways that I find that is through books. But, you know, like they said, you know, you want to hide something from a black man, you put it in a book. And a lot of us don't read, but I love to read, man. Like, I really love to read. And, I, and funny thing, I mean, I probably should be reading more books, but I, I, I feel like some of the books that I've read, I've read, you know, I really didn't, I say read them or like I, I would go through and every time you read them again, you would hear something new or it sounds different. It sounds like a new book. So I read a lot of the same books. Over. No, listen, no, that's because your experiences are different. So exactly. when you read the book, exactly. 
you're reading the book from your experience level. So when you change experience levels, when you read the book, you're going to see something totally different every time you read. Because we do, because me and Jim talk about that a lot, because we do a lot of rereads. I was just doing rereads last weekend. And, yeah. um, rereads and, everything. Yeah, man. Rereading is everything. Uh, yeah, man. That's but, but to your point, though, which you, you said something interesting, because I was, I, I was thinking about this this week, like talking to, like, you know, a friend of mine, you know, from old neighborhood, what have you, but it's like, it, it, it's hard when you're talking to someone you care about, you know, the friend of yours, but you, you feel like you're bragging, but you're not. You're just talking about your life. You know, we, wow. the energy is if you got to feel like you're bragging, then, you know, you're in the wrong room. I'm pretty sure we've all felt that before. No, like, for sure. I, all the time. You know, because oh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's my, I feel like, you know, stunting on people is, is, is stupid, right? But on the other end, I don't want to dumb down my brilliance to be in a room. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I constantly live that battle, which is why I asked that question, right? Because, you know, we've attained a level of success here, you know, through doing great business and, and, and doing the things that we do. And I still want to, you know, I still want to be able to touch regular people. And so it's it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, you know, how you got to tamp your energy down sometimes to be in, the, in, in a room to, to do the things that you know that you want to do to battle what it has to be a polar opposite of of great so you know it, it's going to be you know horrible parts of you know your existence as well and that's one of them that i've battled with like you have to leave your your friends behind so you have to choose who is going to be is it going to be yourself or your friends you know what i mean like so i have to, you have to choose yourself so like I battle with that, but at the end of the day, you know, I know when it's their time, it's going to be their time. And I just do my best to leave an open door and try to leave little breadcrumbs to figure out where I came. So you'll see me do a lot of, you know, posts and little, you know, free, you know, like my own little seminars and my own little lives and I'll drop gems. But a lot of people just think I'm bragging and I'm really not. I'm really not. I never was the person. I definitely, I always used to get in trouble. I had, as a child, I had bunk beds and we lost court. Yeah, he'd be back. No problem. So as a, as a child, you know, I had bunk beds and I was an only child. So I used to lit, I was like my mom, like I said, she was super like dope and she had, you know, a, a great job and was able to give me extra. So yeah. I trouble for giving away like my sneakers i would give away my jordans give away you know i would let kids sleep over my house every night because some of their parents were on drugs and um i would give away my clothes so it would but most people who didn't know me thought i was just bragging or showing off but definitely wasn't that definitely mm -hmm. so yes i battle with that all the time so of course yeah. you, even though that's yeah. That's line, yo, <laughs> yeah that's a constant struggle right constant you put up your love of books, right? Give give me a couple of your favorite books. Like, what are, what are some of the books that inspired you along your journey or something that you go back and reread? What are some of your favorites? Number one to me is The Master Key System. Have you ever read that by Charles Hannell? Charles Hannell, The Master Key System, obviously, Think and Grow Rich. Um, that was definitely it. And uh, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Those are the, like, and again, like a lot of people don't like to read, but now with that we're in the technology world, you can YouTube and audiobook all of these things. And instead of listening to, you know, low vibrational music, sometimes when you, you know, you're in the gym or in your car, you can listen to these books. And trust me, like your subconscious is super powerful. 
and you'll start obtaining these messages and 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 these and these teachings that will let, like let you know that the way that you thought the world was a way of taught the way the, you think the world is it isn't that way it starts inside it starts in your mind and as long as you have a beautiful inside of your mind and beautiful inside of your existence the outside will match it'll follow so um yeah um so those those three those some classics right there yeah and um one other that you know this is it's not a book but um this dude um, i'm sure you've heard of him but a lot of people probably haven't because they've been like shadow banning him kevin trudeau kevin trudeau yeah. he has this uh series called your wish is your command and mm -hmm. uh, you can possibly still find it on uh, i'll send you the link so probably you could send this out because i still have the download of the pdfs and and the um it's on my dropbox but kevin trudeau um, this is your command. It was a seminar that he had, and now Kevin Trudeau is actually in jail. They, 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 he actually said it that you know there's these seek the secrets from the these secret societies that you know most of them don't want like regular people to know is you mm -hmm. know what you think is you know what you really become that what a man thinks is who he becomes. So these teachings were like you know hidden, and they keep them hidden for a reason. So um, those will be my four, well, three books and one seminar um, th that I think molded me into who I am. And I, again, I still read them. And one of the things Kevin Trudeau talks about is you never got it. You're always getting it. Like you're always getting it. You don't ever got it. So once you say you got it, that means you like, you know, you're cutting your, your teachability index is dropping to zero and your teachability index has to stay high you have to always be teachable and, and is what is is what your willingness to learn and what your willingness to accept change and always once you got those two things very high that means you can intake information and yeah my teachability index is always high so i always listen to you guys and i appreciate what you're doing i love what you guys are doing and i will always support it i can't thank you guys enough you know, OVR, like that, one of the messages you told me about grabbing, like, high school, I'll get, I'll, remember, I'll mention that again. I, said, that is, I gotta do that. I will buy one of my haters' houses. I will buy it. Put experiences, put all kinds of weird experiences yo, in front bro, of old yeah. house in the, in the metaverse. <laughs> but you know what, though, man, listen. Listen, man. Thank you too, man. Because you, you, like I told, and I told you this offline, man. You inspired me as well. I, 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 I see what you got going on. That's why I reached out to you about bringing you on because, um, you know, I've been working in real estate. I know how difficult it is to start a brokerage, and I see what you're growing. And you know, the folks that work with you, they look like us. So yes. you're putting them, you're putting them in position to succeed as well. Yes, um, yes. Before we go though, tell me about the um your, your foray into the marijuana business, legal oh, this time. Like, yo, bro, thank you so much. I actually wanted to make sure that I said something about it because I really have this great product called Canheba. Uh, obviously, it's a cigar, you know, mimicking the Cohiba. It's like for the upper class. Like you have, my mom always told me never sell anything that you won't buy yourself. You know. Mm -hmm. um, Marijuana, I feel like, you know, can easily, I don't feel like it's an addictive drug, but it definitely can be abused because people don't use it correctly. So I got into, um, you know, I'm too old, I'm too busy to be 
high, like smacked anymore. So I have um, I have taken a liking to CBD. Now, people, a lot of people look at CBD. A lot of our culture look at CBD. Uh, that's nothing like it's might as well just smoke cigarettes because it doesn't do anything to you. But there's a different cannabinoid called Delta 8 as opposed to Delta 9. Delta 9 is the traditional weed that everyone smokes and gets high and makes you lethargic, makes you forgetful, makes you paranoid, has the psychosis. Well, Delta 8 doesn't have any of those qualities. It doesn't make you lethargic and it doesn't give you like munchies or it makes you paranoid. Delta 8 has all the qualities of Delta 9, but doesn't have, it doesn't make you paranoid. You don't, you can literally think a lot better and makes you think clearer and um, so it's a CBD infused with Delta eight. So I have, a, it's called Kenheba. It's a, it's a Delta eight cigar. And it's absolutely like one of the things that I feel like, and like I mentioned, I, I taken a liking to yachting and boating and I would love to get into golfing. So I kind of geared it towards that, you know, um, those uh, markets. So it's a high class, you know, cigar and it's, you know, definitely inhalable. It's all natural. The whole cigar is, um, you know, tobacco free. Even the paper is hemp and the the glass tip is reusable. So I made sure, you know, I left a very small footprint, you know, carbon footprint on the world. Um, it's called uh, Canheba. You can check it out at canheba.com. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll put the link in the description, yeah. too, so everybody can take a look at what you have going on. And also Canheba. So that's how it's spelled. So yeah, it's uh, I I really stand behind it because it, again, um, it's it's a good way to get out of you know smoking tobacco if you smoke it or if you're smoking weed and you feel like you're abusing it. This is an excellent caveat. It does, and also what's my favorite thing about it is it doesn't smell like you don't like. I go into big meetings, and again, I I don't use it as much you know as I would in the past, but you don't smell like. Dang, back in the days, you wanted to, yeah, yeah, but you wanted to be that dude that you know, we went by, woof, like, nah, but it doesn't, it's very discreet, you know, it has the, you know, you can throw it back in the, the tube and turn it off and turn it back on as you want, and it's really, really cool. So, that is, uh, is my next project that I'm working on, and uh, I love it. And then I have, and the last thing was the Brooklyn Cove Yacht Club. Um, I, I have, you know, taken there's not a lot of let me not say there's not a lot of us we just don't know them they're just so low but a lot of our people like on the water and uh, it's a totally different world out there like like say 70 percent of the earth is is water and yeah. a lot of it that we don't see so I, I take a liking to boats and i feel like all three of my businesses kind of have some type of like relationship you know real estate yachting and you know cigars you know like all lifestyle like so lifestyle so and so i have a, a luxury uh residential and commercial real estate firm uh luxury cigar and also a yacht club so those are my babies i have tons more businesses that uh, again you can be one of those you know uh what is it, master of many uh, oh well no uh you know, you, you have a bunch of different trades, have a bunch of different trades, but, you know, you don't master any. So I feel like I had to stop, you know, creating and focus on these three brands. And I really like them. And when I have time to be, you know, everything is moving like a well oil machine, then I feel like I can keep creating. But Absolutely. right now, these are my babies. Yeah, man. So listen, man, I just want to say um, continue success uh, with everything that you got going on. 
you know, keep inspiring. Um, because you know, we're all watching, man. Like, and it is very inspiring to see what you what you're doing, man. And also now to hear your story about where you come from is even more inspiring, right? Because I'm pretty sure there are folks that grew up in the same building as you that aren't doing the, the, the stuff that you're doing right now, man. So that's kind of dope. Shout out again to moms too, man, because moms was paramount in this story, man. She definitely did her thing. And shout out to mom. Since fifty, since fifty, one of them can't hebers. No, bro, I'm trying. I'm definitely going to like you know. I I told myself that. Um, I told him that um we're gonna be doing business together one day, and uh, I promised him that we would. So I'm gonna ship him, and I'm gonna ship you guys some cigars. So you guys just make Absolutely, sure. Absolutely, definitely. Man. Text me your your PO box or your address. I'll send you some cigars. Listen, to show. Yeah, we got some number now, bro. We we good. We good. And also, um, we're gonna put all the links to um, you know, your businesses and everything you got going on within the description. So for our folks out there, make sure you hit them up. Check out everything he's got going on um in the real estate space is uh all the luxury brands. Like um, and make sure you share this episode with your people because this was a pretty pretty great talk. And um, just want to say thank you for your time, Chris. Man, we definitely appreciate you, brother. No, I appreciate you guys more, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll be there every Saturday. I need that paycheck Friday still. <laughs> I need that paycheck. I missed it. Man. I'm busy. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Every man, yeah, our, our, our Friday, hey, Drake, we gotta we gotta help our people get to the bag so that they can get this high end kind of heat. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, for real. Money like, is the byproduct, bro. Money is the byproduct of service. I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks again. That's good, man. And Absolutely. If we're, if we're an audience out there, like I said, check them out. And as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we'll see y'all guys on our next episode. Peace.